1: What's up, Cannabis Congregation? Thanks for tuning in for Sunday's edition of Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we're joined by Cannabis Liaison Derek Patrick to discuss social equity, expungement initiatives, and uh, tax revenue allocations. But first, we are gonna get into a little bit of cannabis news, uh, or actually we might talk about that a little later, but let's just get into it now. How's everybody doing?
0: Hey, doing good, Lauren, how are you?
1: Not too bad, not too bad, sunny day in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I was I got to finally go to Chicago yesterday. So now I'm back in uh Peoria in the rural parts. But Derek, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's a new experience no for me. So I'm glad to be here, you know.
0: Yeah, hey. why don't you, what do you what do you do, man?
2: Yeah, so I'm a former uh community liaison for uh one of the largest uh cannabis operators in the United States. Um so I'm I'm very much so um, in tune with kind of what's going on in in the space from internal of perspective. Um, I was behind the scenes uh, pretty much representing the community integration team. So I was out, you know, trying to build relations with the community, filling out what the community needs are, their demands, and kind of what they expect out of the industry and trying to be that that bridge, you know, to kind of, you know, move this industry where it needs to go as far as the social equity piece.
0: So is it all right if you tell us what uh, what MSO you were working for?
2: Yeah, sure. I don't think they do mind too much. Uh, it was Cresco Labs. Uh, so so they're vertically integrated. Uh, we're in about 12, 12 states um, right now. So and they just rolled out the sunny side locations. You, if you're in, in, in Illinois, um, I'm sure you'll be able to find them um, it's, brand new. So
3: it sounds like you like yeah. working with them. I mean, do you feel like they're making an honest effort in doing what they're doing?
2: Well, well they, they certainly have. Um, somewhat of a vision when it comes to so- social equity uh we do uh, they did have the the seed incubator program uh which is helping you know social equity applicants you know minorities break into the industry they're, they're talking about um um giving the resources the technical assistance and writing of the applications and contingent upon getting licensed they're also in talks about um financially backing them as well if wow. need be so so i think i think uh, that, that has the potential to be very, very, very helpful, um, and I and I think um, there should be more programs like that out there. For yeah, sure. Um, and, then yeah. That, and and that's just, and that's just one, and that's just one um, aspect, you know, that that they have, you know, as part of their seed program, but as part of the community integration team as a whole, there's all, also other work to be done, like getting people out of jail for their cannabis-related convictions. So I, I was part of. Uh, partnering with organizations doing that that work in the communities, uh, so it's good good that they're doing that sort of stuff as well as educating the community about the the potential uh, that cannabis has um, and the potential it can have on our communities. So yeah. Um,
0: How hard is that? Because I try to tell people that cannabis has an, an amazing ability to positively impact the community. And last week I had to be at a court hearing for one community in Illinois that banned it. Mm-hmm. So far, they even banned hemp farming.
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are really upset uh, right now because obviously if, if, we, if we look at the destruction that the war on drugs has had, on the black community and, and minorities uh, in general, but black people specifically, um, the people in jail right now is it, crazy, and people are still in jail for it. I mean, the process of getting your your uh, record cleared is still taking longer than um, I believe that's needed, and and people are know that, and people are making millions of dollars in, in the process of it, and, and yeah. I, I'm, 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 people are upset. I mean, it, may, it makes sense if you if you if you make something legal after, after it's been legal uh, illegal for so many years and it put people in prison for like, it, it. And and the majority of ownership is white men. It's like, you know, what well, is that all about?
3: You know, they also get upset about this, when we talk about social equity, right? Like people talking mm-hmm. about like, when you say black lives matter and they come back with all lives mm-hmm. matter, you're like, that's not what I'm saying, motherfucker. Like, that's not right. what I'm saying. But you know, yeah. to that point right now on Twitter, uh, trending into food, is uh, uh, hmm. marijuana facts right? It is number, uh, well, for food, I think it's number one, right? For food, yeah, I don't understand that either. I think, uh, oh, I thought the uh, the reason
0: why it was trending for food was uh, because they had uh, one of them where uh, Scooby snacks are the first um edible. Now that's that's a fake marijuana fact.
3: What and, and then so the, the whole Black Lives Matter and the racial speaking, though, I mean, this whole freaking law is based off uh, like testimony here from Anslinger says. I wish I could show you what a small marijuana syrup can do to one of our degenerate Spanish speaking residents. That's why our problem degenerate is so Degenerate
0: Spanish speaking.
3: I mean, over racism. just, you know, yeah. it's just like, and most of who are low mentally because of social and racial conditions. I mean, this mofo, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's what number one, fake marijuana fact.
0: Yeah. But it is trending on Twitter. There's one yeah. about Bob Marley. You can't get yeah. women pregnant while you're under a marijuana's influence. That is a faked marijuana fact. I mean, but uh, it's it's pretty kind of interesting that there's still so much bombardment of uh, actual facts regarding marijuana that are just lies. And and having those be so pervasive can make a trend like this, uh, you know, trend on Twitter. Like the, my favorite fake marijuana fact from the past was that it killed brain cells. And then you look at the actual science behind that and you're like, no, that was that was literally not even close to what the, the fact said, but.
3: Or that it's not medicine
0: or that it's not medicine or that it's something that we should be arresting people and ruining their lives for and throwing them into prison so that we now have to like address uh, a mass expungement of records. And that's something that the Illinois law did. A lot of the law, I mean, it was 600 pages and like 300 pages of it was amendments. So they had to go in and mm-hmm. fix all these other crimes that were all over the place and create these, you know, minor cannabis offense that you could get automatically expunged. And I think some of the tax revenue is is going toward those types of programs to pay for the auto expungement.
3: Nice. Mm. But are, are, yeah. Is any of that tax revenue going to law enforcement? Well, Derek and I were talking and he was curious about how much is still going to that.
2: Uh, and, and for as far as law, law enforcement is concerned, I, I believe part of the cannabis tax revenue is going towards you know the state police as well. I, I, I'm familiar with the R three program in Illinois, uh, which, which, which it, it is good. But I think, especially with everything the climate of the U S. right now, uh, I think we need to revisit and really examine where those funds are going, um, because it should only be going to the the most impacted communities, negatively impacted communities. Right.
0: Um, and that may that may require um, that may require an amendment. like so like again, it's it's a long law. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to find the taxes, you can go toward the end of it where this the word tax is just all over the place at the end. And there's pages and pages on that law, and this tries to summarize it, but it says first revenue to administer cost and expungement of facilitation costs. So they they're paying to undo what they did. And then after that, mm-hmm. drug treatment fund, two percent. Uh, Local government distributed fund for crime and DUI prevention, 8%. Perhaps that's the the police aspect. Mm. 25% to the R3, that's restore, reinvest, renew. 20% to HHS or Department of Health Service Community Services Fund for substance abuse and mental. 10% to fix the budget. And then 35%. Back to the general fund, which is everybody's favorite place to put money when you're a legislature into the general fund.
2: The general fund. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that the general fund is where they're trying to leave some gray area. Yeah, Plus but 35
0: percent. I mean, like I'm, they're still giving it 35 percent to the general fund, and then 10 percent to pay off the debt. So, I mean, how much of the, how much do you think a state is going to go for? without wetting their beacon to the general fund of this type of plant being taxed now, you know,
3: I think Washington's already dependent on that too. That, that, that money coming in the, the, uh, you know, I I think it's allocated for the size of the County down here. King County is pretty big. So, you know, they've recently taken away. Our um, transportation fund has been reduced because they changed the taxes on car tax. And uh, it's only a matter of time. They start, start dipping into that free money out there. That's crazy. Uh, it's not free. It's called the general fund. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: so Derek, what type of things would Cresco have you doing um, uh, in your role as, uh, what was it? Was an outreach director? Or yeah, you,
2: you could, it, it, it was classified as community liaison, pretty much out, outreach. I was oftentimes pretty much the first point of contact with the organizations that we wanted to work with. So I, I, I'd vet these organizations, figure out um, what their programs are about. Uh, reach out to them, um, ex- kind of explain what we have going on and kind of pretty much a- ask them, is there any way um, that you'd be open to us supporting because um, mm-hmm. we, we, we appreciate the work that you do. Um, and so I, I, I flew all around. Um, I, I've been to Philadelphia. We did an expungement there um, with um, uh, the uh, Justice. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the organization now. Um mm-hmm. Institute for community justice I'm sorry they, they might hate me for that after this but <laughs> um, them um, in, in New York we were working with uh, the, the urban league over there yeah. the Robin Hood foundation um trying to figure out ways that we can even you know partner with universities as well uh, as far as getting some curriculum developed um that's great so um, yeah so then then I, after I, after I gather that information I'll take it back to leadership we talk about you know, talk about it. And then we kind of make the decision going from
0: there. Like, I'm not kidding. We get a lot of calls and viewers from Pennsylvania. They're all about this micro grower license that's been proposed uh, in the SB 350 they have over there. But we're talking about the Illinois law. And then you're also going in other states where you're operating. But uh, that one is thick as to like, here's where the money goes. Like that tax section was dozens of pages long. The current bill in Pennsylvania is only 35 pages, you know just kind of makes, and then when they do these ballot initiatives, they're they're pretty short on details. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, it makes it like, it's not even taking it serious. Like, you know, you need this community liaison yeah. or this community outreach person that's out there helping to navigate all the obstacles that might come with it. And then also getting public support. So like how Illinois mm-hmm. spent pages going over, like, this money goes here and this money goes here and this money goes here and somebody's going to go out in the community and then like, build all these bridges and, and cannabis mm-hmm. is going to literally reinvest into the community. It's uh, fascinating how Illinois put it together. And so when other States yeah. come by and I'm like, look, if you guys want to be serious, you're going to have to beef up this 35 pages. I mean, New York's bill was like only 140 pages. I'm like, all right, well, how are you going to spend the money and who's going to benefit? Because that's the people whose constituency that you can put on together. And then they can call their legislatures, and then can actually get it passed. So, I mean, I was really impressed with how Illinois has done this. But um, yeah, we're gonna have to see how this social equity plays out, right?
2: Yeah, well, you know, you know, um, these operators in the space they make commitments in in, the, in their licenses of applications, and so my, part of my job, you know, was to kind of make sure we're we're, we're upholding those, those commitments because the work it hasn't all the, all the time been completely done. They're they're right. They're they're right. They're writing it, and they have to be held accountable for what they said they were going to do. Uh, part of that is like things like the incubator program, um, financial assistance, you know, to drug abuse clinics, um, etc. All, all, all these things are outlined right there in the application. It's just a matter of actually doing it.
0: Um, yeah, so, they're all conditions. They're all conditions. Yeah. And so when you get that application yeah. and then they grant you that license, it's mm-hmm. like okay, well. Looks like you got some work to do there, sport. Yeah. Want to keep that yeah, cannabis yeah. license.
3: Derek, yeah. can you guys Okay. I was saying, have what? you guys looked at the expungement for like LA and San Francisco where they did it digitally, you know, where they were able like some super nerd knows their system and was able to pull out records. Is there anything you guys look like that?
2: As far as like this the automatic um expungement process or something yeah. like that, um yeah, I remember one, one expungement event. Uh, I can't remember the exact process. I don't know if it was automatic uh, expungement, but I, but I do know uh, that they were at least talking about it, and maybe they are doing automatic. Um, but I know in Illinois, there hasn't been a- automatic. Everything has been paperwork, and you and you had to pay to get your rap sheet. You got to pay to get get the fingerprinting done. Obviously, you got to find some pro bono pro bono lawyers. You know yeah. to actually go down there and look at each individual case. Um, and it, it's, it's tedious. And there is a, a a financial component to it as well. Um, so I don't know. I think, I, I think there's just still still work needs to be done with making that process a little bit smoother. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And like, that's not my area. Like, that's not my wheelhouse. I've mm-hmm. never been a criminal mm-hmm. practitioner. So it's like, I need to get an expungement. Mm-hmm. It's too bad you're not a bank. <laughs> I mean, I, I could help you if you were a bank. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't. And then so like... Uh, I try to make referrals out, but I should try to mm-hmm. find somebody and work with somebody so we can like make a system and like a web page because I'm good at making web pages. I need somebody to help me make the, um, then you do this step, and then you do that step. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. If only I would have been arrested and I needed to get expunged. <laughs> I'd also be a social equity applicant and I'd have like 10 applications
2: in right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, hey, that's, do you have
0: any applications in Derek? Are you a te- uh, member of any teams?
2: Well, yeah. You know, that's a very interesting topic um, because I I, I was um, actually working on an application myself for a dispensary. You know, I I, I gathered a a team of um, people that I thought would would be good fits. And it it was challenging um, and being part of um, just observing, you know, the the incubator program and and where they're teaching you pretty much the different sections um, and kind of how to um, go about it. Still, I mean, the, the the total amount of pages like 4 400 is very very technical, and you really have to think a lot of things through. Uh, not to mention the the amount of money or capital that that you have to come up with, and it simply became unrealistic, at least for me, you know, to kind of hit hit that operation. Um, uh, and and I I know people in the industry, so there w- was talk about just trying to get on onto the application um, via you know just someone who could be in charge of you know the marketing or the community engagement piece um unfortunately um uh, I haven't been able to get on um any any licenses officially Well so. were
0: you were you arrested for just the right amount of marijuana or cannabis No no, you see, no, I, no I I'm sure no, I, I, if you had that critical deciding factor you might have been Well
2: well I, I know my dad surely has and he's been a, Oh a, then a, I
0: think a, that a counts. if you can get your dad if you get your dad's rap sheet yeah. you your social equity Oh yeah
2: yeah, for sure. I, I, I'll be a social equity applicant that way, and also because I, I reside in Austin, in the Austin community, also, which is one of the disproportionately impacted areas. I've I'm okay. sure, lived all my life.
0: That's one of the um, things that I'm trying to do for the show uh, oh, uh, this coming fall, uh, yeah. to have some more fun with it and to show off our our uh, package for uh, helping with applications. Do some like kind of mm-hmm. uh, and and with the man in the White House, some type of reality show where it's mm-hmm. the social equity president, and then we have business people in the chicagoland area you know pitch us their their concept and be like all right we're gonna partner with you and then if, uh, have you ever seen how acreage does it it probably is close to how uh, cresco's incubator program worked perhaps uh do you guys have any management contracts on the line with that with like little percentage fees and stuff
2: well that, that's another good question um that I, I would have to let them answer that question because yeah. as far as as far as i know it, it it hasn't been anything. It, the contract hasn't really been written for for, for for that, so it's kind of up in the air. At least the last thing I heard of, so it could mm-hmm. be. It, it may it may not be. Um, I think it's a case by case basis, also. So, but they'll have to make the official, uh, you know, answer to that question.
3: Am I wrong to think that Cresco is like an investment firm? Like it's not. It's just it's, uh, a corporation.
0: If that makes right. sense, it is a. It's a corporation. It's you can replace Cresco with Target. It's essentially, it's run the same way. Well, maybe Target's a bad example. But there's really no vertically integrated. Like, if I was going to say, picture it as Cargill. Well, that's fine. But then Cargill sells a lot of their stuff to, like, Tyson, mm-hmm. and then it becomes Chicken. I mean, and so, like, usually yeah. you're well, not.
3: multi-state, right? Is they're multi-state, they, yeah.
2: They're multi-state. I think it's about 12 states, too, um, right now. And I think they're, they're a big expanding.
3: Well, here's why I ask. They're pretty they're huge. Because I'd imagine the incubator program is something that, hey, Mm -hmm. here's your start, but we're also going to get a percentage of that. And also, you're going to wear our T-shirt. I mean, is that how it works? It's similar. It's similar. But
0: then you have to understand that each corporate entity could be its own thing. So if Cresco is trying to, you're going to get license capped. So there could probably only be 10 Sunnysides in Illinois. And and then if they want to get license capped, they're going to have to play by the social equity rules of the game. So they might have to make little sub LLCs out there and be like, all right, here's this LLC and its social equity points come from this person owning 51 percent. And then Cresco holding corporation owes 49 percent. Mm. and They might also have a five percent management fee.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're getting that much. Um, I think I think because at least in the incubator program, how it works was they were suggesting um whoever wants to get one establish themselves as as an llc and they'll get the majority um, of the proceeds and oh. um i mean if they if they, if they get help financially uh, i think that's what's kind of confusing is it going to be like a grant or a loan type situation yeah. um and i think that might be where they might get some 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 um money for that i'm not sure though I
3: mean, I, I mean to get a start into this billion dollar industry i mean it's not asking too much to say hey i want to pay you back i mean there's no, no shame in that game. I'm just curious on how that really... Convertible promissory note, probably. Mm. So convertible
0: promissory note is basically like, you know, if you have that uh, incubator that's also going to provide some capital. And, you know, I've seen mm. them provide capital. They usually provide it at a very nice interest rate. And by very nice, I mean high. Yeah. Uh, and then you can pay back that debt for your your you know loan that you got into the business with. And then after you've paid it off so much, then the person who holds that note is entitled to convert it into a particular amount of stock.
1: Right.
0: That makes sense.
2: And I, and I, had, a, I had a question. Um, before, before, you know, the whole social equity thing has been big, but that's only since adult use. Correct. What was social equity uh, before when the medical programs didn't exist?
0: There was no, and, and no such thing.
2: So I'm, I'm curious to know, like, it just seems a little shady that that kind of put people already behind the eight ball. Yeah. So Okay, bro. I I, I think um, we need to take a step a few steps back. Like, I don't think, you know, the owners right now should feel happy with taking a small percentage. I don't, I I don't think that's right. I think it should be um, more, more investment or, or, or more opportunity you know, for the people who got into the game, what is it's essentially racism, systemic racism. Uh, right. Right now. Yeah.
3: Well, I really like... Like... Go ahead, Miggy. Well, I was just think like, we talked uh, last week with the folks from D.C. and how social equity has been an afterthought in all these programs, right? Like, medical, first you fight for medical, and then, like, here in Washington State, it's the Wild West, where medical was just, you get a seed, I grow a plant, I find a spot to sell it, and then eventually it started mm-hmm. to become a business, right? No boundaries mm-hmm. at all. Whereas in Illinois, even with your medical program, there's million dollar boundaries. You know how many folk do you know have a million dollars? You know, I could I mean, <laughs> but then that's the problem. That's why the Safe Banking Act is so important
0: because opening a bar or restaurant in certain areas in Chicago is expensive. Because like real estate and however expensive you want to build it, but opening a liquor store that sells, you know, food isn't doesn't need to be as expensive. So, you know, depending on how swanky you want to make your place, you can make it realistic that you could open it if you could go to a bank and get a loan, but because there's no Safe Banking Act and it's all in cash, then it's even more difficult to access the industry because now you need to use rich friends to get that capital. You can't use a bank. You know, there's not like an SBA loan for social equity for cannabis, but maybe in ten years when they get their act together at the federal regulation level, there might be. You know, if uh, the Illinois model is kind of the model with Cory Booker's program, the More Act. Uh, where you see this this taxation scheme, it, it could be a federal thing in ten years, but like right now, that's hard. Like you know, yeah. finding that money.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, I, and I experienced that firsthand. I mean, I'm I'm excited because I think you know I could have I could have potentially ran a dispensary, um, mm-hmm. and the capital was it was it issue for sure.
3: Yeah, right now the lowest bearing capital I think place to be would be Oklahoma. Yes, because uh, their laws are just like Washington was. So I mean you still have a chance if you have a seed, no matter because uh, I we did a Seattle Hemp Fest there, or we did Oklahoma Hemp Fest and we got all smoked out at a Marriott or some shit. And uh but the locals there, I didn't realize that Tulsa or not not Tulsa, we were in um shit. I don't remember. It was Oklahoma City, I think. But the, the black community there is huge, like ranchers coming out, uh, you know, and then it was not it was a majority of minorities are coming out, checking us out and seeing what how they can get involved. But I did see a couple of white guys with suitcases full of money asking, hey, do you know where to get seeds? So, I mean, mm-hmm. the barriers either you got a lot, you got nothing to start yeah. toiling the soil. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's that's an interesting license type that we see sometimes. And it's the micro grower license where it would would be a very small number of plants, like 150. So essentially, you could really try to set up your neighborhood weed guy shop, which Mm -hmm. would be nice Mm -hmm. because then like 150 plants, nobody's going to get rich off 150 plant farm. They might make a handsome income. They might make a fine living being a traded professional, like a craftsman. It's like you only got 150 Mm -hmm. plants Mm -hmm. if you're not good at this. You're going to go out of business, you know, uh, and if, but if you can grow that stuff and you can sell it yeah. and you command a premium for your product, you might be able to make three to $400,000 a year. That's, that's not going to, that's not like, oh my gosh, money, but it is, that's pretty good money. That's pretty good money, you know, for Started a fair kit. trade of growing high quality cannabis.
2: Yeah, yeah sure. Kit. Yeah. Like a, like, like a craft, you know, this is your craft. You can make, you can make something happen. And I think for small, I feel like for small business purposes, that's, that's totally, Fine. I think there should be more of that. Yeah.
0: yeah, but then with the Illinois model of the craft grow at five thousand square foot, you're not talking about 150 plants. You're talking about not quite ten times that, maybe seven or eight times that. So about a thousand to twelve hundred plants, depending on your configuration that you're running. So mm-hmm. that you know is is kind of mm-hmm. up there in the sense that now mm-hmm. you're talking like multi million dollar construction build out and then staffing and all that and that that pushes the Mm -hmm. price right up. And so like if your cultivation price point to get into the entry of the business is brought down to like a million bucks, as opposed to five to seven, uh, you're going to get more people able to actually get in the industry. But then of course, like if something's easier to get into, it's Mm -hmm. easier to fail in, you know?
2: I mean, but you should have, you should have the opportunity. I mean, just like with any other other business is going to be risk involved. If you're not doing what you need to be doing, or you're just not good at it, you're going to fail. Maybe okay. we need that micro you need- amendment.
0: You know, like it could be another license yeah. type. You could have a micro yeah. grow license type uh, eventually, maybe one day. Um, yeah, I, but, I, like yeah.
2: I, I think as long as you're able to get your product tested and 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 it's somehow tracked in the system, I think you should be able to operate. Yeah. I don't think you need to jump through this many hoops, you know, to get a license.
0: Yes, I totally well, then we have to worry about theft because like suddenly if you got, you know, 50 plants hanging on 50 plants, 50 pounds, of high quality product, just kind of like hanging out down the block, you know, uh, you have to worry about somebody trying to steal that. So the security aspect is one of the things that really does put mm-hmm. that price uh, to the barrier up. And you have to make sure that you got that safe, you know, the vault, mm-hmm. Uh, The DEA approved vault, like, you know, stored on there, like in the retail location, the retail location probably also has drop safes with just buckets of cash filled in there because of that stupid, uh, you know, no banking rule. Man, I mean, the challenge struggle is real right now in the cannabis industry for a low barrier to entry.
2: Yeah, yeah it is and 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 I know T.O. Hardeman uh, was talking about this peddlers uh license for you know the people who who just want to sell the weed and um, very very much small scale almost like a a local drug dealer almost but more right. more legitimate obviously um but I'm not sure what what happened with that I know he brought this up months ago I believe well that's going to um, require
0: should... a <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the state has occupied the field and preempted any municipality from trying to have a peddler's license, to be honest. But of course, Oakland thinks it can ban hemp farming. So you never know what a city thinks it can do. And um, yeah, I, I think that the state has to allow the licensing structure. And so a peddler's license, like what would that even look like? You know, And how, how are they getting supply and all that? So the I don't think the dispensary license is going to get more difficult to get. I think it's going to get easier to get, but do I think it'll one day be something that you can just get a peddler's license? No way. We don't even have that for liquor. Like you know, it's not a guy walking down the street. Beer here, got some beer. You know that would be hilarious, but I we don't do that. We still have like liquor stores. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess with liquor, but you do have the lotte car man who, who who's walking around, you know, selling his his, his you know his goods yeah i mean I, I, I don't know i mean i'm just saying let's, let's put it out there I
0: mean, but that's wow. one of the cool things about cannabis is like we could talk about like well do we want the reg- the regulations are five minutes old we're not married to these regulations we have to start somewhere what do we want to see and we can have these kind of conversations we can put forth legislation and language we're like we want this you know uh,
3: that's cool like, like Derek was saying, though, if you could just get your stuff tested and, and be involved in the market that way, you know, that'd be the lowest barrier. Any you know.
0: Tested and tracked. So you get the yeah. testing and the tracking. State gets their money and their purity. And so, like, there could entirely be some app one day. You know, it, it's just mm-hmm. you send the 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 weed out to the testing facility the coa or whatever is you know there and then somebody on the app could be searching for it and be like oh i want to pay buy this and they buy it in bitcoin or dollars by then who knows and then the the peddler shows up with it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean look look at postmates i mean they're delivering alcohol they they eventually should be a conversation they should be able to maybe serve cannabis as well
0: well, have you guys, uh, let's talk about how that legislation would look. But then you're going to have these these people that are buying their
2: million dollar licenses. They're gonna be like, what? We don't need that. Why? But look who, but, but look who owns it, though. Look who owns it. it should it be up to them? Who, who's making the decisions and all of this?
0: Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. Business, is, uh, the higher you get into it, um, it's going to be crooked wherever you look. And then you just try to avoid the crooked ones. Mm-hmm. It, it's a whole thing in and of itself
3: has, oh, has yeah. Illinois or Chicago uh, re- reorganized their laws as far as like liquor goes for restaurants, like here in Seattle, because of the COVID situation, you know, it's like now uh, a restaurant can s- have liquor delivered to you. You know, that was not before. It, it, and, we've uh,
0: basically turned the state into new Orleans. Yeah. And so like right now I can be like, Hey, a uh, bar and restaurant, I would like a hamburger and a Manhattan to go. Okay. I'll be there in 15 minutes, you know? And, and then, yeah, you can just pick up your burger and your Manhattan to go and and some some places have that that was a a new and I was actually talking to one of the lawyers that was involved in that uh, that executive order change because restaurants and bars were hurting so much
3: pick up hard drinks or hard liquor but where right. else would sell cannabis besides the dispensary? Like liquors being sold by restaurants, right? That might be the peddler option there, but it's uh, yeah. yeah. The liquor
0: licenses are, are very ta- like I looked at my cities, Peoria, Illinois, the metropolis of the Midwest, right? There is liquor license A through double L, you know, and so like it's not like we don't know how to regulate uh, a vice. We clearly know how to regulate a vice, and so that mm. we just have these very restrictive license types right now. Sure, but in ten years, there might be nine different types of retail license. We don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on in Illinois or in this country at this point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh gosh!
0: Yeah. And the worst thing is, Donald Trump even up and ruined Flag Day. Uh, it uh, <laughs> like, it's his birthday. And it's also flag day. And I'm like, ah, hey, what up? No, it's also Obama day. It's, it's also Obama day.
3: It is. Everybody's got a, to tweet a picture Obama to Trump. Trump. What's that? Everybody's got to wow. tweet a picture of Obama to Trump. That's how it's working today. Oh, really? I'm know. telling you, I love Twitter, dude. I'll be honest, bitch. Like the whole fake marijuana news section. Like you're going through all those, it's just all memes and jokes, you know? All like, memes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why I love it. Fake,
0: fake news, F- fake marijuana facts. Yeah, uh, nations uh, of Obama. Uh, that's it. Yeah, Scooby Snacks were the first edibles. Hey,
3: hey Derek, so you're not with kreska yeah. number. Who who are you with? Or what are you doing?
2: Right, right, right now, um, I'm unemployed right now. I'm working towards my uh broker's license right now. Mm. Um, um to switch stocks? gears. Huh?
0: Stock? Uh or real estate.
2: No, real estate. Real estate. Ah, um you know, I, be a broker, um, property management, some some somewhere along those lines. Maybe I, eventually I can be in a place where I'm selling the real estate that the, the cannabis operate operators are buying up. You That's know, what I, you I need. really want to I really wanna get um my hands on, on a cannabis lounge. Um so this is kinda like a, a larger plan for me because I feel like right now it's a lot of hoops to jump through. I'm I'm, I'm gonna just try to get, get grounded in something, you know. <laughs> is a lounge so can, is that
3: Cresco yeah, might be involved in? Is that something they'd want to expand?
2: No, nah, I haven't heard anything about the consumption lounge. The only thing I've heard about consumption lounges is the one they approved in, in, in Springfield. Um, I haven't heard any talks about something I think we're going to have one in
0: fiori here pretty soon. Like uh, okay. the, the current dispensary is building out this huge building, like uh, a couple blocks away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, sure is a lot of space in there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, which would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, so, like, we have a cannabis lounge, like, adjacent to a dispensary in Peoria in, like, another mm-hmm. month. We're like, all right, well, uh, unfortunately, all the marijuana events or the cannabis events that I used to go to in Chicago all the time are now Zoom meetings. But uh, I'm going to go down to the weed mm-hmm. shop and uh, smoke <laughs> with some friends.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I don't know. Do you know anything about Chica- the Chicago market? I mean, the market is... Probably would love it, wouldn't they? I mean, what's the holdup? The The
0: holdup is complexity issues. And so because Chicago is substantially larger than Peoria or Springfield, you have Mm. substantially more people who can object or that who want to wet their Mm. beak. And so because of that, it makes uh, progress sometimes slower, usually slower, but it can very often go really, really fast if whatever particular alderman in that area in which that it's going to open, Everybody's on board. Somebody's getting their beak wet somehow, and they, they they're able to open it. Uh, that would that would be what it, I think it would take in Chicago. I think that's what it takes in like any city. Like you need to have that community participation, that community uh, commitment to whatever you're trying to open and do. Otherwise, they they won't let you do it. But um, yeah, it stinks because that Springfield one I think would probably be open right now if it wasn't for COVID. As they announced it like before COVID, but it wasn't that much before COVID. It was like February or something. So like the build out hadn't even been done yet.
2: Right, right. No, but
0: I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I think that might be another license type. I think there's going to be more uh, testing license types because they, I haven't seen that application in the, in the rules yet. So those will probably mm-hmm. be coming. And so you can get like a lab license. Uh, Research license types, I bet will come. And then uh, delivery seems like it's always tied to your dispensing license. So then dispensaries that are in existence would have the option to deliver for maybe an additional fee or who knows.
2: Right. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the the thing about the Illinois stuff, though, is 25% to the criminal justice information projects funds for restore, reinvest and renew. Now, will those make funds available to help bring down the costs of entry for social equity applicants? You think? Say that again. Uh, so, like when they're when the Illinois is breaking up their their money from uh, mm-hmm. tax revenue, how much of that is right. going to go for these types of grant and loan programs? The most recent tally I heard, of course, they all came from the operators that are currently there, was thirty one million dollars mm-hmm. was set forth or set aside in this fund for you know, uh, low interest loans and grants to qualified social equity applicants.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. So like grants, that's, just, huh. well, grants money that doesn't have to be paid back. Uh, it may just be low interest loans. They do have another application out for those. And then the, the statute mm. does have like, here's what a qualified social equity applicant is. And you mm. can't really be one until after you win. And so after you win, then you're, oh, you're a social equity applicant who's won this license then you can apply, and it's it's a fairly lengthy application process. You're going to need your application essentially again and submit it to uh, the IDPFR or whomever is handling the money at the state of Illinois, and try to get some some money for your build out for or for your operations for your craft or your uh, dispensary.
2: Yeah, I I have no idea. I don't even have I don't have a pr- prediction on what what that amount is going to be. I'm not even going to try to guess because I I, I keep getting. T- surprise it's not, it's not going to be something that I'm going to be happy with most, most more than likely so yeah. i'm not even going to try to try to predict it i'll just see what happens
3: do you think they could uh cuz i mean that barrier is still pretty high no matter what you know and, and mm-hmm. it's kind of intimidating when you look at all those zeros but why why couldn't mm-hmm. there be with that kind of money a program that just embraces a person in and says okay you're an applicant qualified mm-hmm. to meet all these barriers we're going to give you a license we're going to set you up with the mm-hmm. space you know why mm-hmm. can't they just do something like that
2: well, they're not going to do it because I, I think it's the, the, these business people, they, they want their money um, and they don't care um, about the history of it, of it at all. The social equity to some people it, it is a joke. They just want people to kind of be happy with what they're giving, you know, people. Um, yeah. So that, that that's why what, that's what I wanted this greed. That's that, that. That's it. There's no. There's no other other reason. It could be that simple. If you're there is a lot of greed okay. in that
0: industry. Like just yeah. so many people just have uh, eyeballs that look like you know dollar signs.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all it is. You know, and I, I get it, I get it. Business is, is cutthroat, but it, it, it's larger than just you know business. It, it's, yeah, business.
0: and I think and I think that the reason why they don't do it, how you suggested, Miggy, is because then they get overpromised and underdelivered. So, like, if they make them jump through all the hoops mm-hmm. first and then they give them access to the capital after they've won, I think that's mm-hmm. their theory on it. It's like, well, we gave them to somebody who was qualified and they're also social equity. So then they were able to uh, apply and obtain five hundred thousand dollars to help with their dispensary program or their, their dispensary build out and startup costs. Mm-hmm. So like, you don't need that loan until after you win that license, you know.
3: You know, give you like an edge, I guess, in the competition?
0: No, you you want the competition pretty flat. And so then after that, I mean, so like a lot of the applicants would always mention, you know, as a qualified social equity applicant, we we have this money, and then we also intend to apply for for that state money.
3: Mm. No. I
2: don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Poor Derek, man. I I sense your pain because you've been trying to get into that million-dollar barrier, man. I mean,
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's, it's painful like we I think um, our people have been hurting for hundreds of years and this is just a, a another reminder that we, we we're still in a country that doesn't really care uh, doesn't. about their history. they're not going to address it fairly it's not about it. they're not gonna w- really work towards equity and I think that's my conclusion until they force their hand that's it but
3: and each one's making the move I mean the fact that in Illinois that you have to be a social equity applicant just to win, uh uh one of these licenses yeah
2: but 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 you but you need 51 percent. yeah that's all you that's all you need who 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 has the reps somebody's still getting getting get, getting getting their uh pockets greased with with, with something oh, sure. they, they're just trying to cover it up i mean that that that, that people we need it we needed social equity so that anybody could have got could have got a license that, that that's that's the whole reason for it but it doesn't it's not a cover up we, we can see right through it people are still gonna be getting the money regardless of what they say however good it sounds it's look at who's getting paid look look at it and that's all you're going to need to know you know so
1: Derek, thank you so much for joining us today uh where can we find or follow you if we have any more questions about social equity
2: yeah so um primarily you can follow me on linkedin uh you can find me by searching you know my name Derek patrick i'm i'm as a cannabis uh, liaison and on Instagram um, at Derek Patrick underscore official. Um, and, and that's where, where, where you'll find me. That's where you can get in touch.
1: All right. We'll throw those in the description before we do go. Damon did get a book from Tom. He said, just wanted to say, thanks for the book. It was a great read. If you'd like to get a book, make sure you email Tom or me. First one to email us gets a free book and a little welcome package complete with Boveda packets and uh, some dube tubes. So make sure you email us. Uh, And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you on Wednesday. All right. Thank you.